Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode hello hello welcome back to the consummate athlete podcast peter how's it going it's going well yeah we're rolling along here pretty pretty nicely they've announced some tentative race dates for the year so we're cautiously looking at that and i can feel my motivation even you know again cautiously but uh, just for for riding and training and it's a little higher so i'd say good it's hopeful nice Meanwhile, I'm sort of feeling like we're living in a snow globe. We have had some of the fluffiest, sparkliest snow. It's ridiculous. And it's nice snow, too, because it's it's a lot. It's impressive amount, but then it's just powder, so it shovels nicely. Yes, and if I was a better skier, I'd feel much cooler about getting out in fresh powder, but I'm not. So it's still just stumbling along. Well, someone's enjoying that, hopefully. No, I I really am. I've been liking the getting outside to ski, doing some running on the treadmill, sort of mixing it up and yeah, doing a bit more strength. Very exciting things. Yeah, I've got my strength going a little. I, you know, I always have my 10 minute core. That's pretty consistent, but I always find the transition to actually like doing a a strength. Maybe it's because of the 10 minute core, to be honest. I like to keep that in there, but then I feel like the, you know, that 30 to 60 minute actual strength workout later in the day is always harder to get in but i've had a bit of success over the last couple of weeks so feeling feel a little sore in places but mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. it's that good sore nothing excessive so yeah. so that's good we had a couple articles this uh, as every week but uh, this week we had what we had a you know do you need a smart trainer a little contentious so you can check that article out on consummateathlete.com and what was the other one we had i just saw it in the newsletter this morning it goes out every monday oh, all about warm ups oh right yeah the importance of warm ups but it's not what you think it's a different dun, dun, different dun. reasons to warm up so yeah there you go yeah a couple really fun ones over at consummateathlete.com uh, there's also a link to an article i did for the oca which is how to get your non-cycling partner out on a ride and that that topic actually kind of sparked our topic for today's podcast so over the last you know few few years since we've been running this podcast one question that kind of constantly comes up is you know, how do I train with my partner? How do I get my partner to start training? How do I handle like differing abilities from my partner? How do I get my, my mother or sister or father or friend out on a run? You know, just kind of all of these questions about bringing someone into sport um, or balancing two people being consummate athletes. Right. Um, so we thought since, you know, this week is, uh, Galentine's day, Valentine's day and, and here in family Canada, day. family day, also president's day, but that's not so related. Not really relevant. To I don't this. think so. I mean, I don't know the histories of president's day, so excuse anyway. me if that relates. Anyway, we thought today would be a fun time to kind of talk about the idea of training with your partner or friend or family member and moving. You and I are going to have this ongoing (laughs) debate. I keep saying like you might want the person to move more or to be moving while you're talking or spending time with someone. Listeners, we had a (laughs) 10 minute fight last night about the definition of sport. Yes, we did. (laughs) This is the world we live in. Well, I guess that's on brand, right? So it it is the consummate athlete. And the one question we got just recently, the most recent one was, um, 
a person, we'll say, who uh, you know is trained, I would say, for sport, and is quite active and likes our consummate athlete, you know, idea moving in a bunch of different ways. And then his, oh, I said his, his spouse, <laughs> I ruined it already, but we'll carry on. Uh, is is not as active, right? Which is often the way. They're not as into training. They have their own stuff they do. And so there's just this dilemma of, you know, how do I get them to move slash train or bike or whatever, right? You know, you're, the, everyone has their own goals and expectations. So maybe the first question is both a why for you and then a why for you as a couple. And actually, this was a, this was a suggestion that our, our friend had had for the OCA article that I wrote about and training with your Ontario partner. Cycling. Ontario Cycling yeah. Association, yeah. And we do have a link to it up on the podcast or up on the website. Um, but the first thing he said was figuring out you and your partner's why. So, you know, you probably already have your training why. We've talked a lot about finding your why on this podcast. You know, uh, Simon Marshall from The Brave Athlete talks about this a lot. Um, so you have a reason you're training. And, you know, you, you have a reason that you want your partner to train with you, um, whether it's that, you know, you just you enjoy their company and you want to have fun with them outdoors. You want them to appreciate nature. Uh, maybe, you know, you think that they need to get in shape, like not saying that's a good thing or a positive, just saying like that might be your you care why. about their health and you, you, care think, about your, yeah. you think that this exercise is going to help their health. But it might not be their why. So I feel like the, the big thing you need to figure out is your, your why together so, you know, why do you want to get active together? Um, and I think once you can find that, once you can settle on this mutual why or reason you want to do things together, it becomes easier to figure out what that thing is to do. Whether it's, you know, we, we talk about walking together all the time. Um, but that could be, you know, trying hiking or, or you're going to try riding together or you're going to try tennis. Yeah, I think the best thing is to do the thing, like try and figure out what the one thing that that person has any affinity for or tendency to do. So if they've you know done something in the past or, you know, they go for a walk some days, even a little walk, then you just start going to see if you can get out on that little walk. And it's it's tough. Like I've had this with all my family and they're all walking more. And this has been a long long journey for sure but just to get it and you'd let them guide the route and the duration and the intensity i think that it's it's very tricky when you're very good at something whatever that means you know it's your main thing and then you try and bring someone else that's like that's a a tricky thing right i think you know trying to get that person if they really have an interest in getting into that sport so we'll say cycling in this case and you're a cyclist then i think trying to get instruction for them that's outside of you at least for some of the, the outings would be a, a good couple idea. of people really suggested that actually when I asked out for like best tips for getting a, a partner into riding a lot of people said you can't be the teacher like you can you can help you can guide but in Support, a lot of cases yeah. it's going to be so much better if your partner can go to a clinic go to a skills you thing like parents and kids you know you, you go with you obviously have to support your kids but then you, you try and avoid too much instruction right you might do some facilitation of like let's go to the pump track and play around right or let's go where do you want to go you know let's go hit those you know jumps in the park this is sort of this reminds me of like when my dad and I were trying to help my younger sister with her math homework when she was probably in like fifth grade. And it was just my dad and I shouting at her about long division. Right. We're not math teachers. Mm. Like just because you can do long division doesn't mean you can teach it. Just because you can shred single track does not mean you can give great skills instruction. 
So I think a lot of the time it is kind of having to put your own ego aside and let the person actually get instruction from someone else on whatever sport. And I think we always say it for mountain biking, but I think road cycling too, like, and honestly, even trail running, anything like that, a lot of the time the person closest to us is not going to be the best teacher for us. There's just way too much. You just much. have too much. Yeah. There's bias, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you know, how they react to you is going to be very different, right? A hundred percent true. Yeah. yeah. Tra- like, we, you're going to yell at your spouse. A hundred percent. We, I mean, this just. Or your parents for that matter, right? Mm-hmm. No, like I'm thinking back even two weeks ago when we went skiing with a couple friends, I had no problem when my good friend Karen is like giving me some advice on like how to turn or like how to go down a hill on skis, given that I've never skied before. But then when we flipped and it was just Peter and I and Peter's like, no, you do this. I was just like, just shut up. Let me, I've got this. Like I was a lot more angry at you giving me advice than I was. I thought we did okay. We, We did okay. I didn't really try and give you much instruction. You guys can't see the look I'm giving him, but it's a look. I try and point out where you might want to, you know, slow Not yourself down by getting off to the side of the trail in places. Point out the safe areas. Uh, yeah, so there's that. So I think, you know, let's go. So I think we'll stick on this consummate athlete and then we'll get to more maybe cycling specific tactics that my clients have used when they're away on camps and so forth. Because I know a lot of our listeners do like that and they do want to get into cycling and maybe, you know, maybe they're the family members want to friends want to get into cycling as well. But with our consummate athlete, you know, this could be downhill skiing is hopefully coming back in Ontario, but is, you know, around everywhere else here right now. And it's, you know, some of these sports that aren't as fitness oriented, right? So this would be, you could, I guess, e-bikes would be another similar one. Some of the like, you know, I guess dirt biking or something like that. These things that are more gravity fed downhill mountain biking is actually a pretty good one. You know, it maybe seems scary, but lots of equipment and it's gravity fed. So it takes some of the fitness out. I mean, this could be darts. This could be playing catch. You know, there's so many things that you can do. Basketball, shooting hoops, right? Yeah, I really like the idea of totally going outside of both of your comfort zones. Trying something new. Trying something totally new. Dance class would be another one. We do love a dance class. And I think that's like anytime I talk to friends about like what classes we want to do, we're always talking about wanting to do a dance class. And this is, you know, the idea of experiences. You see this coming up a lot, uh, you know, as, as an opposition to buying gifts or something, right? Like it's the experiences you remember or, or whatever the, the cliche is. And so I think that's the other way to think about it is the reason you're doing this because it is the experience. So it might be rafting or it might be, you know, something, some, you know, more elaborate trip. And then again, it might be you go, well, what can we take lessons on here in town? Mm-hmm. Right? What do we have? We have rock climbing here in town. We have gymnastics. There's like an adult gymnastics thing. Uh, we have like the aerial, aerial silks. All different types of water. You could do rowing. We have a circus. We, we are in a mountain town, so we're quite fortunate. But I know in Toronto, it's, no, it's probably more stuff, right? When you think about like Zumba classes and bar classes. That was actually what I suggested to the one person was the, I guess his, his spouse. <laughs> Still trying to keep genders out of this. Um was into like a dance ballet and then i said well you need to go to a bar class because that's just because it's gonna <laughs> kick the crap out of you and she's yeah. gonna have a you're great gonna, time you're not gonna feel quite as athletic as you when you leave that class you're gonna be quite sore uh yeah so that's the idea is trying to think outside the box as experience just try something completely wild that no one's any good at right we have axe throwing here in town as well right just it could be just this joke sort of sorry to anyone who does axe throwing but um you know, <laughs> really offended party <laughs> you know a party type thing you know it could be, yeah, there's all so many options like that. 
Yeah, so I think you can either go into, yeah, the more, like, wacky new sports, or you can dial it way back to, yeah, like, the walking. I think camping and, you know, that outdoors, too, is a piece of this, right? The other reason we would want to get our family members to get them outside, experience the outdoors. So, again, you might need to edge into that. We've had a couple episodes on bikepacking and backpacking where it's, like, camp in the backyard type stuff to get started. But this could be a, a hike on a local trail without camping. It might have a little lunch Right. Yeah, and we do actually have a friend who's a really accomplished ultra runner and her partner is like not super athletic and they've actually taken to camping and doing these like shorter hike loops uh, as sort of their couple's activity and they really love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like there's always ways one. to scale that, right? Okay, so did you have other, what were some other th- suggestions from your article? Yeah, so as far as like getting someone out for, you know, their first ride, run, whatever you, hike, whatever you want to call it, uh, the... The big thing that everyone said was to make your first time out shorter and easier than you think. Like, even if you already thought you were going to make it short and easy, go shorter and easier than that. Mm -hmm. Especially with cycling, because the efficiency that you get from not, you know, you don't grab the brakes all the time and you're always in the best gear and you you sort of underestimate how hard cycling could be made if you aren't... (laughs) proficient yeah. right like the bicycle's so efficient but some people are not very efficient at riding bicycles yeah right? so think of like leave them wanting more not leave them like begging to get home mm-hmm. um, so that's a big thing the other thing that actually came up a couple times and i hadn't really thought about this that much is gear so i mean i've seen this play out so many times on the trail and on like the towpath rail trail type thing where uh, I'll I'll go gender here. Dude bro McDude bro has like his $10,000 like super new triathlon. 2022 <laughs> triathlon TT bike and he's just like shredding along and then Mrs. McDude bro yeah, is like, like trailing behind BMX helmet him and, wearing yeah, yeah BMX helmet riding on like a like Mountain bike from 1995 with 20 inch wheels, the same tires that came on it, like, and it's creaking and you can see the spider web still hanging on the the handlebars. Um, That's not going to engender someone to enjoying the ride. They're not going to want to do that. That sucks. It's Um, not really leveling the playing field. No. So actually my suggestion was if you're relatively close in height, so this is maybe more pertinent to like if you're trying to get a friend out, um, honestly, switch bikes. Like if you're a great cyclist, you ride the the 20-inch mountain bike and let him or her ride your really nice bike. Mm -hmm. Um, or there are rental options. You can, you know, borrow bikes from friends. Both even get like city bikes now are pretty accessible. Yeah. Even if it means you're renting like something that's like worse than your current Well, or at least just the same so that you can both be riding a single speed city bike in street clothes. Exactly. Like level your playing field when it comes to gear and that's going to make things a lot easier. Um, Oh, the other thing I see actually is with families. For some reason, there's always like... (laughs) the like and it's actually like a dad or a mom the dad or mom like on their nice road bike just pedaling away and then like the the other spouse or partner or whatever is riding like the junker with the trailer with the three kids in it like dragging it and it just seems the most miserable experience so I don't really even know how you you balance that but I guess like taking turns even like being able to 
you know, one of you is like, honestly, like every couple miles you switch bikes or something. Yeah. I don't know. That's, I guess maybe it's like a, you can't get the, the trailer attached to the fancy road bike and you only have so many bikes, I guess. Yeah. Could be a a limitation in budget there, I guess, Mm -hmm. but. But it's, it's tricky, right? Like, you know, we're talking about gear and that's gonna, you know, it's not going to be free is sort of the tough part. Yeah. Um, but and the, so the same thing also applies to running, right? Like I know my younger sister, who we're actually going to have on the podcast soon, uh, you know, recently finally got into running after trying it for like a dozen years at this point. She's finally into it. And one of the big things for her was she assumed that, you know, she could just go out and run in the clothes and shoes that she was walking in. And that works a little but we're talking she was out in like $5 Walmart shoes. So her feet were hurting after, <laughs> you know, not much running. Right. So there is a gear component and, you know, even just taking a minute to educate your friend or partner on some of like the do's and don'ts of like this is going to make your run or your ride much better. You know, no underpants with your chamois. This is what a chamois is, etc. Big difference. Yeah. I guess it's a tricky balance when someone's starting out to buy the gear to try it. So I could see gear being a, a, a bit of an obstacle, right? To, to sort of, there's a hump there you have to sort of get over and take the leap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't really necessarily know what the, the perfect balance there is. I guess renting is. and borrowing and, and, yeah, I mean, I guess to your sister also finally did sort of a a run walk as well right Mm -hmm. so she started with a very progressive plan that was very doable i think right and that's often the the patience up front is the tricky bit Mm -hmm. yeah for sure for all of us right we've all started into strength training or anything else every fall you know every cyclist starts into running every fall i was just gonna say that too much too soon um, so then the other the other thing the piece of advice I actually loved was skip like a skip a ride that's just a ride or a run that's just a run and have a destination like have a coffee stop or a brewery stop or just whatever like some kind of like fun destination that you're getting to. What is it supposed? What do you mean? As opposed to what? As opposed to just like we're gonna go out and do a you know hour bike in oh. town and just like finish at the house. Gotcha. If you actually like have a pair middle it, stop, pair it with yeah. something fun, yeah. And this is actually great for two reasons, with especially with cycling. Um, one thing I kind of realized as I was writing this and talking to people about it was there's a lot of people like we know juniors who are racing and training in Europe who can't drink and eat while pedaling the bike. Mm-hmm. So if these like top level young people can't do this. Why would the person who hasn't been on a bike in 25 years be able to sip from his or her water bottle and put it back in the thing and, like, get a snack out and stuff? So frequent stops and, like, the ability to stop and have a snack are so huge for being able to to train together. Right. And that probably relates to, to the setting when you're thinking about comfort on the bike, too, as far as not being in a... And this could be, I guess, running or, but especially for cycling or anything that's pretty skill, like the skill in that, like there's balance and so forth. Probably want to be, try and choose your location as best you can. So if you can do laps of a park or a a rail trail type scenario where there isn't so many cars and so many moving things. Because again, I think in the same way that you're efficient on your bike, 
you maybe don't realize how many things like a beginner is trying to pay attention to, whereas you don't pay attention to random, you know, just things on the side of the trail. You don't look at it, right? You don't look where you don't want to go. So I think that's, you have to remember that sometimes that stimulus, right? That's why a lot of times we start in a, a grassy field or something, right? Or an empty parking lot. Yeah. I mean, geez, I still get tripped up if I'm on a ride with like you and a couple of like faster people who are like like more mountain biker people like I get so tripped up so quickly when you know there's just like boom you're up a curb and like Mm -hmm. very casual and I'm like you know unclipping a foot to like step up over it and stuff so this happens at every level this isn't just like oh someone who hasn't ridden a bike or like someone who hasn't been running for a while like this is every level like as soon as you're riding or running or whatever with someone who's like a level above you there's gonna be like mm-hmm. a discrepancy. No, I recall that going and racing pro, like a pro road race in group of a hundred, and we're going sixty kilometers an hour, and there's just potholes <laughs> everywhere. You can't see them coming, and then it's a you know a four hour, five hour stage or whatever. So you have to eat and drink at some point, but you're always <laughs> in this constant battle not to hit potholes and get you know there's people on every side of you. You can't move at all. So, it, but then you're going 60 kilometers an hour. And I just remember thinking this is way different than mountain biking. Yeah. Yeah. So even, even the best people are going to have tough times. So this is not just like a, how to get your total beginner partner in. It's also, you know, just when you have like a skill discrepancy. Which so is maybe, you, you know, a perspective, maybe that's these. even a perspective for some people is sometimes we get into this ego thing where we think we're really, really good. And, you know, you're always riding with your, your partner or something. And so maybe the 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 homework is actually for the 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 person who wants the I don't even know how to word this now the you as the person who's trying to get your your family member to do sport go and feel a little uncomfortable doing you know even your sport but at a new level getting instruction right mm-hmm. if you yeah. don't if you don't know how to do drop offs go get you know take a, a course or something on on doing drop offs or get your ass handed to you in like the a ride or something mm-hmm. try and level up a bit yeah. Okay, so that's that. That's some stuff. You know, we've tried to stick on to some other sport options a little bit. I think walking is always a good option. Um, yeah. You know, and, and just keeping an idea. You know, what are the people's limitations and what are they willing to do? What are the what is what are they attracted to? And doing? I think the walking is like a habit formation thing too, right? Like it, you can even if your ultimate like your ultimate goal is to get your partner out running with you or to get your your sister or brother or whoever running with you start with the walk start with the walk three times a week keep that going for a few months and then maybe maybe progress it to a run walk maybe maybe suggest one time you hit the trail and like do some uphill like ease into it but start with like the lowest lowest common denominator right and i think you want to be sensitive this has just occurred to me too of you know there could be i'll use the phrase of like disability but you know thinking about someone's ability and reasons they might not want to go for a walk and i know my dad we were pushing him and pushing him, and then we found out his foot had been hurting for like uh, over a year he had gotten this like i don't know if it was a it wasn't a bone spur but just had something on his foot and it was super painful for him to walk he had always struggled with his feet and his ankles and so we were like well you have to we have to go get this looked at <laughs> which was a bit of a push too and tough di- tough discussions but we finally got and now he's walking all over the place he's doing great but there was sort of this barrier and he didn't want you know he's a typical older gentleman he didn't want to talk about it mm-hmm. just you know tough it out but then we're like well we're trying to all go for a walk here right and then he's in excruciating pain so i think there's a lot of these cases where it's you know it's just not possible ooh and actually with running i think there are a lot of people i know who don't want to run because 
I mean, for, for women and, and for men, there's some pelvic floor sure. issues there. There's some, like, if you have any kind of, like, gut stuff, like, you know what? Sometimes mid-run, you just, you got to poo. Like, that's just the way it is. Right. Um, and for a lot of people, that can be just, like, debilitating. Like, they just don't want to run with people because, you know, at some point, they're going to need to, like, sprint for a porta potty mm-hmm. um, So I think even, like, in that case, you know, if the person isn't saying something, you can kind of suggest, like, what's going to make this comfortable for you? Is there a way to make this comfortable Or, for again, you? just start with trying to suss out what they're at all attracted to doing right which wait it just might not be sport right it might be arts it might be music it might be you know just just try and find that interest right I know my brother's really into just watching baseball and stuff like this right so it's that's where you start Mm -hmm. right and that might be the the way you spend time right and this gets back to even just what is our like what is our goal by trying to get this other there's lots of ways to spend time with people and have good conversations with people right it doesn't always have to be movement Mm -hmm, for sure Um, Oh, and then the one last thing I'll say on the, like, getting someone into something new is it's not your workout. Like, your time with that person is not your workout. Like, do your intervals, do your hard run, do your whatever completely separate of that, maybe even before that, so that way you are just not even thinking about it. Well, we were going to finish talking specifically about cycling, so is that the direction you're going with this? Uh, Yeah. Right. Uh. Yeah, I think that's pretty important. I think what though, what happens when someone's away, you know, I have a few clients who go away together, maybe on a training camp or they want to train together. And that is the objective, right? So this isn't necessarily a, uh, you know, I'm trying to get a partner or a family member, a friend into cycling. Like we actually both cycle, cycle, we both ride bikes and, but we want to maybe try and train together. There's this, you know, desire, but there's also going to be a lot of conflict with that. So we both have workouts. So this is sort of a counter to what you just said. Right, right. So what do you do? So, I mean, I'll maybe just start by by giving the caveat that you and I do not do most of our training together because we have separate training goals and workouts and stuff. And I think that's totally fine. Like, I don't think that every couple who, like, where both of them ride or both of them run, I don't think they have to train together. Same with if your best friend runs, you don't have to do every training run with them or every mm-hmm. training ride with them. Uh, you can you can be your own athlete. Um, so the first thing is, I guess, maybe, like, advocate for yourself and say, I need to go do my training separate, which I, we do sometimes. Like, you know, one of us will be like, oh, I'll come with you. And then it's like, uh, actually today I should probably just do my thing myself for whatever reason. And that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, the second thing though is the, the warm up and cool down together, I think is probably like the best bet for cyclists going out like, and, and trying and to train or. together. It doesn't have to be both, but yeah, yeah, one or the other. Yeah. So you start up your ride together, you know, you both stay at your nice easy pace. You do your extended warm up as per the recent article on consummateathlete.com. Um, and, you know, you, you do your easy pedal for 30, 45 minutes and then you separate to do your workout. And then maybe you meet back up, maybe you don't. I think yeah, that works really well. And we've done several. When we're away, a lot of times it's more on the opposite. Like I'll go train for a few hours and do intervals and get all my energy out. And then we'll meet and have a coffee or something, you know, away from wherever we're staying. But then we'll sort of ride the last, I don't know, sometimes it's been two hours even that we would ride back home. Um, And often that's, you know, not a super hilly way home, right? It's more of a flatter way home. 
so that that works quite well and i feel like then everyone's gotten their objectives for the day done but you can still sort of ride and have that social ride yeah uh, and one person can call it a cool down and the one person can call it the you know second half of their ride if that's you know if it's an actual you know endurance if it's work for them mm-hmm. right and then that way i think you accomplish it and i think that's thinking about what are the elements of the ride sometimes and you can mix and match right someone's cool down might be the intervals for another person and that could fit really well maybe the person really likes that like drafting and feeling like it's intervals right yeah which i think all of this leads to uh you know the when you are both actively training there is a huge amount of like ego issues that you have to contend with uh peter not so much because he's faster than me on the bike but for me like even just as you were saying like the cooldown could be your interval i was just like ah bite me glassford um (laughs) it's really hard to uh to be the the slower partner um and this is not just like the the female is always going to be slower that's not the case we We actually know a lot of friends friends. yeah and what we see actually and even those pairings is the i'm trying to think of examples of colors we could say but the the fitter of the partners in any case will sometimes ride like a mountain bike while the right. other partner rides a road bike or something right and this is this is a very mountain bike oriented the fitter person has to be the mountain biker in this case uh, so then you spend time on your mountain bike so i've done a lot of big long road rides where i just ride my mountain bike for the whole time and even that though takes e- like it's it's an ego thing for me sometimes like sure that's that's hard to deal with like it's frustrating it's annoying like the, I would say the first couple of years we were dating, like that was super tough for me was like just getting over the fact that you were faster than me and like that was okay. Or that, you know, your training ride is going to be longer than mine and that's okay. Um, or, you know, like when we did Ironman together that your time was faster than mine and that was okay. Uh, like to point out my swim time, 15 minutes faster, uh, run time within a minute of each other. It was just the bike I don't split. think it was a minute. You're exaggerating the run time, but you did smoke me on the swim. I will give you that. Uh, so yeah, that's the idea. And, and I would say I have a similar, right? Like when you guys go on big run adventures and stuff and I have to sit here because I can't get super sore because I have to go race or do intervals the next day. Like there's definitely a bit of, it would be like a FOMO, right? Or fear you're missing out on something or wanting to do everything or keep up or compete, right? And it's just ultimately it's both training is not competing and that's... The number of times in our relationship that you've had to point out that we are on the same team has been... Uh... It's a lot. Right. And like not literally the same team. It's not like we race for the same team. Just mean that we're like, there's no reason that I should want to beat you at anything or vice versa. Sure. So I'm trying to think of other smart ideas. So, I mean, right now everyone's riding indoors. Everyone's got a smart trainer. They're on Zwift. So a a few of my clients do great job. Like so impressive. Like I think this is all of these things have risk that you're going to have a fight because people are tired or again have mixed objectives or someone gets stressed about their workouts or their big testing day but a few of my clients maybe it's even similar idea of the warm-up cool down right like you come down an hour later and I'm cooling down and you're warming up and you know you can chat away or you watch the same movie or you watch like this all this old trainer you know trainer party type stuff so the indoors training like what a great way to get someone into cycling right now if if, if you True. have the means to have two trainers set up uh you know no one gets dropped so that's a great uh, way to do it we really like you know track cycling's maybe another similar way where someone could learn how to ride uh, cyclocross i think is just the best discipline to introduce someone to uh, because no one gets dropped 
is there other disciplines that I'm forgetting that it would be similar for cycling that would sort of be a more skill oriented type thing? You know, certainly dirt jumping and like places like Joyride, great place yeah. to learn. And then you can sort of mix and match, you know, go away for a while. And there's lots of different, so something like a indoor bike park uh, is pretty good. And again, you could mix that with some instruction or something as well. What else are we forgetting as far as we're thinking about clients away? So we talked about bikes. Um, certainly not wearing like your most aero stuff like this is you know sort of not rocket science um, you know you could talk about some dietary stuff we probably won't today but you could certainly do something where you just aren't you know quite as race fueled uh, we'll say you know on that day you're not really going for peak performance um, yeah. would be would be one but you got to be careful you don't get grumpy from not eating or something like that so that would be Another strategy. Oh, you could carry, right? So that's a definitely, you could do like sort of classic stage racing. You know, it's almost like a stage race where you just, you know, if, there, if you need a lot of extra water for the day, like maybe you wear a hydration pack. Imagine that on the road. And what else could you do? So you just carry more water and the gear, right? And this, the partners have to be like open to this idea, but that could certainly level out the things, right? Like you just have a big bar bag now or something like that mm-hmm. uh, would certainly be an option. And, you know, again, that could have a nice lunch if you wanted to stop at a mountaintop for lunch. Uh, maybe not a mountaintop. Why not let's, a mountaintop? Let's maybe keep it on the flats. Oh, well, I mean, you could all, everyone could climb up, right? True. And this is, you know, in a training group, that's what we do a lot of times too. Everyone climbs the mountain at their own pace. Right, right. And if you're a little quicker, you come back down and regroup and climb back up. I think actually that's maybe my favorite is if you do at any point, like separate and do that, like you have to keep going down and coming back up until they make it to the top because the most frustrating thing as as like the person who's been the slower rider is like when you huff and puff your way to the top of the mountain and and the person's like chilled up there for the last 15 minutes has had like a snack has had water has had like a pee break taking some selfies whatever and then they're like okay let's turn around and get going and then they're grumpy because they've been sitting for so long (laughs) yeah and you know what you know what you sort of start finding when you do that this is something that um on the camps like you'll see different strategies different coaches have different opinions of this but it's amazing when you start saying like there is absolutely no stopping at the top and being like an you know we'll, we'll do one instagram photo when everyone gets up there but like everyone's moving for the entire time so you come back down practice your descending and then climb but and you're going to accumulate more time climbing and more work it's amazing how the the, the raciness of the the keeners suddenly everyone slows down a yeah little bit. slows down just a little bit because they know that they're gonna have to climb for an hour right and so they're like okay well maybe we'll just chill out a little bit here and not race so much and so sometimes that's a good strategy and again if you're thinking about this is training then why not accumulate more climbing time right yeah for sure um, and then just make sure your your newer partner has time to eat and drink and pee at the top yeah, sort of related to that, I guess, for sure. Just putting it out there. Um, and then, okay, so the last little topic I wanted to touch on is, again, when you have the the couples who are both really serious about their respective sports, maybe not even the same sport, but just like both serious athletes. Um, you know, we, we don't have kids. We have a puppy. Peter has a lot of clients where both, where... Are you like, comparing my clients to puppies no, and no, kids? No. <laughs> no, I was about to say you have you have plenty of clients where they have a spouse who's serious about okay. their cycling or their running or their triathlon and they have kids. Yes. So there's like a people. lot more balance. Yeah. Um, so like, you know, we don't have as much of a scheduling issue. I think we got a taste of it this summer when we first got DW and like we right. couldn't leave him for, you know, we can still leave him at least. Uh, you don't get in trouble when you leave your puppy for an hour, but I hear you can't do that with small children. Not as easily, no. Um, 
you know, we, we got a taste of how that scheduling stuff worked. And, you know, we, we had to kind of start figuring out like, okay, we have to sit down on Sundays and actually look at our schedules for the week and when we have calls and when we have work stuff that, you know, where we need to be at our desks and when we can fit in our different rides and runs. And yeah. And it's probably like a lot of people wouldn't even think too much about that section of our book or when I say it, but it, it is like the people that are successful, the adults with kids and, you know, training objectives when the ones who are successful at it are definitely the ones that are scheduling out when are they going to train um, and then cross-referencing that with the spouse and the you know getting mm-hmm. to basketball practice and the big meeting and I mean now with uh, all the lockdown stuff and COVID like it's definitely like a whole new level of when you're going to be able to make noise on the trainer and you know there's just all these interactions but that's all sort of sounds stressful but it's pretty logical right like just put it on you know it's you're going to get an hour right here. And so it, it's amazing how that also motivates that like, I need to get on the thing right now or else it's not happening. We've had it a lot of times actually, because our, our condo is like pretty open. So Peter can't be on the rollers or I can't be on the treadmill. If one of us is doing a zoom call because it's just going to be too loud. And you know, if we need to, if we're recording a podcast or we're, you know, doing a client call or whatever, like it needs to be quiet. So, and honestly, one of us needs to be uh, watching the dog to make sure he doesn't have like a barking freak out. Um, so that means, yeah, like the training time needs to be scheduled for when neither of us has calls. So it's right. definitely become more of a, a specific thing than it, than it used to be. Um, so I think, yeah, the scheduling is a huge deal and honestly communication. Cause I think anytime we've, we've had issues or we've seen other, like when you've had clients who've had problems with like, oh crap, I can't do this race as it turns out because X, Y, Z. Right. Family like, vacation for the Couldn't whole train, yeah. like couldn't train because X, Y, Z. Um, most of the time it comes down to just a lack of communication between like you and mm-hmm. your spouse. Which is probably true of all these issues, right? Whether yeah. it's just getting someone out riding, just keep, yeah. keep them communicating and how are you doing? And, you know, I think the one thing that I guess the, this reminds me that we didn't maybe mention explicitly was the like making sure that there's mention of how long everything's going to be. Oh, my God. <clears throat> yeah. Glassford, maybe take your own notes here. I mean, time wise, I'm usually pretty good. Um, but you, some people really like it's perplexing to me, but they want to know like the specific distance. That's me. Which is fine. Like, I mean, everyone has their own thing, right? Like, I'm always like, I don't know why you need to know the distance, but. Um, no, I'm a distance <laughs> and or time person. Like, I don't need distance and time, but I need one or the other. And like, we need to stick to it or I'm going to get real annoyed real quick. Right, right. And so they're, you know, they're going to watch their odometer to see when they're done. Right. And mm-hmm. so wh- whether that's right or wrong or makes sense, like, it's just like, okay, well, then you need, you know, now that's the thing, right? Like things go better when you can say it's 10K and you make it 10k so you know as the person that knows what's going on just you know map map it out yep yep (laughs) exactly and maybe lend your your partner the cycling computer instead of you having it if if that is the case that's important yeah because i know that like definitely the worst thing is like if you don't have the cycling computer and your partner does and you have to kind of keep like asking like uh how long is it how much far like just make sure, yeah, that they have what they need to know to feel better about it or to make sure you're constantly communicating that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, if you guys have any other suggestions or ways that you've gotten your partner or friend or relative, uh, you know, out and moving more, we would love to hear about it. Uh, maybe leave us a comment uh, over on the Instagram for this podcast episode. Uh, and yeah, just share, share and we'll maybe, uh, we'll maybe have to do a part two of this if we get some good ones. 
Um, and in the meantime, of course, check out all of the articles and show notes over at consummateathlete.com. And we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week. <laughs>